0: Let's all now turn. Let's all now turn to the book of Mark. That's the second gospel. The book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15 through 16. And as you're doing that, I want to I say something that maybe I haven't said and I should have said before. I don't know. But I haven't always said that the, uh, when we come up at the end, we call that the, uh, invitation. The invitation is a time for people to come up and pray. You know, that's a that's a good time. It's a good time for people to come up and pray for, for healing. It's people to come up and pray for uh, joining. It's people to come up and pray for others. It's people to come up and, and just pray with the pastor. Or pray on your own over here at either the front or on these uh, special pews. But that's what the last song is for. It's an invitation on him. And I wanna explain that because some people haven't grown up uh, here in America and they don't know what that's about. And sometimes people haven't grown up in church or traditional church, and so they don't know. And I was told that I should say that. So I'm going to tell you, that last hymn that we sing after the sermon, that's an invitation. You're invited to come forward. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the time to come forward. If you'd like to come up and join, that's the time to come up and join. If you would like to come up and just ask for healing or for any blessing or anything, you just want to pray because you feel like the Lord through the Holy Spirit is speaking to you personally. And you want to come forward because you just feel an urge from the Holy Spirit to come forward. That's the time to do that. That's what that last song is all about. So please. And you might say, but the song is short. That's okay. Don't worry about that. Just come forward anyway. Perhaps you're home and you're watching. You think, oh, but I'm not there. I can't do that. Well, you can call me. My, uh, my, my phone number is on the sign. You can call me. I give it all the time, 816-591-9303. You can call me. I don't mind. And I'll pray with you. So just call. We'll, we'll do that. We'll pray. So you can come forward at that time. But let's now turn to Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 through 16. And now that I've given you a little bit of time to look that up, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word. It says in Mark 16, 15 through 16, Jesus said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. God bless and honor the reading of his word you may be seated. I grew up watching several movies and shows. You all know that. I I like movies and everything. But I grew up watching Mary Poppins a lot. And listening to the music, and I love Mary Poppins. And one thing I learned from Mary Poppins a lot is Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in the most delightful way. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing much more of that. But what I'll tell you is that's a very great song and true. A little bit of sweetness goes a long way. But too much sweetness, that goes too far. See, I've learned that. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Now the music of that movie and many, many other Disney films and many other films, was written by two brothers, the Sherman brothers. They're very good at what they did. You had Robert Sherman and you had Richard, and they're very good at their job. They could write songs, songs about silliness and songs about greatness, songs that were sad, songs that were happy. They're very good about it. And I won't go into all their story. They didn't get along too extremely well, But the truth be told, one of them served for uh, our country during the war, and he had a lot of hardship about that. One was just a very sweet guy. So Robert Sherman, you could say, was the medicine. He was the medicine. And Richard was the spoonful of sugar. But they worked well together, and the fact is you needed both. You needed both, because both were great, and one without the other didn't work as well. Even when they worked and did good stuff together, they were perfect. They were perfect together. That's just how it was. As a kid, I would see all sorts of commercials, as all sorts of uh, commercials for vitamins, like the Flintstone Vitamins. Oh, I loved the commercials. I never got them though, and not as a kid, because it was too expensive. We usually get the cheap Aldi's brand where they look like animals and things. But the Flintstone Vitamins always look good. They're sweet and fun and necessary. Vitamins are necessary. And they made them look fun. They they looked all colorful and sugary-tasting sweet, you know. And they look like something fun to eat because they're shaped fun so other brands would make them look like animals and something fun to eat but the fact is is it was something fun because they tried to make them like something you would enjoy but yet it was still uh something necessary and later on they would start making them gummy like something that kids would enjoy and yet it gave them something they needed vitamins this is how people would do it give them something they want but make it like something they would enjoy they did the same thing with cereal. The very first cereal was from a man by the name of Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. He had his brother working for him. His brother's name was Will Keith Kellogg. And they came up with different types of cereals, one that was stolen from them later on. But the one that really went well was a thing called Corn Flakes. Now, I'm telling you this partially because I want to eat this later on, and so I I decided to get this. But the, the doctor the doctor decided that we needed to make this flake. And he wasn't the one who came up with the idea of making it a flake, though. That was from his brother, Will Keith. And Will Keith made it, and later on, he came up with the, the way to sell it. And the doctor sued his brother because his brother put some some sugar on it. He decided that kids would like it better if you put sugar on it. He made Frosted Flakes. And the kids liked Frosted Flakes better than just the regular corn flakes. So that whole story is kind of sad between the two brothers. They ended up not being friends for very much of their life. But the truth be told, the Frosted Flakes sold better than the Corn Flakes. That's a corny story. But that being said, (laughs) that being said, I enjoy both. But there was one problem. There was one real big problem. After a while, that was the first kitty cereal, Frosted Flakes. But after a while, the sugary cereals got too sugary. They became so sugary, in fact, that as you know, parents started kind of going against them and they were so sugary that there was not very much healthy to them. And people had to start going against them. I mean, I could go through the whole fruit loop thing. That's why I'm wearing my Kellogg tie where we have the uh, snap, crackle, pop. We have uh, fruit loops. We've got all sorts of stuff on there. But the truth be told, sometimes people start putting so much sugar on it, it becomes unhealthy, more sugar, than health, and that's a problem. And uh, the truth be told, there are many preachers this way today. They want to put a little bit of sugar on their sermons. I do that sometimes. But sometimes they put so much sugar, so much sweet, there's not much biblical health to it. And that's a problem. That's a problem. People do it too often. They try to put so much sweetness, so much sugary sweetness on the Word of God. That there's not much biblical health to the word. we got to be careful about that. I have preached before about the importance of using the Holy Spirit spoon to feed the word to us. We need to have that. Today's sermon is called Blunt as a Spoonful of Sugar. We need to be as blunt as a spoon, but full of sugar. You can have sweetness to it, but it better be the spoonful of sugar of God, not anything else. And that's what it needs to be. So, yes, it's a fun sermon, but it's also a truthful sermon. A sermon, and you know, the, a lot of times people talk about you need sweet and sour. I don't know if you like sweet and sour. Some people like sweet and sour. Some say, no, it's too much sour. And some say, no, it's too much sweet. Well, I say, if you have a little bit of both and just the right amount, the right measurement of sweet and the right measurement of quote unquote sour, it tastes real good. I mean, real good. See, the spoon of the Spirit helps the medicine go down because we need our medicine. We need a medicine of the Word of God. God wants to feed us His Word. He wants to feed us the truth. But if we're not going to the Word of God, that's the Bible. If we're not going to the Word of God with the Holy Spirit feeding it to us, you're not going to receive it. You are not going to receive it. You can read the Word of God. I've had so many people come to me and say, I've read the Bible many, many times, and I have not understood it. You know why? Because they're not using the Holy Spirit spoon. They're not trying to be fed by the Holy Spirit. They're trying to do it on their own. Folks, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you don't have the Holy Spirit feeding you, you will not receive it. Sometimes we go into the Word of God with the wrong spirit. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, it's the spirit of something else. Sometimes the spirit of the flesh. Sometimes it's temperamental spirit. Oh, I've done it. I've done it. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I've sometimes gone to the Word of God where I've been temperamental. I don't know that I, But I've got to read the Bible problem is, if you don't go in there with the right spirit, you're not going to receive anything. You're not going to receive anything at all. Sometimes people go in there way too much sugar. Oh, way too much sugar. They try to sugar it down to mean what they want it to mean. Oh, and they're not going to receive a thing. Oh, they're going to receive uh, toothaches because they think they're going to receive something that they want, but they're not going to receive what they ought to be receiving because they're not going to receive it from the blue spirit spoon. You probably can tell, but on this here spoon, big old spoon too. On this uh, spoon it says holy spirit and it's even got a little dove on it oh i added that on there but here's the point point is if you don't have the holy spirit feeding you you're not going to receive what you ought to be receiving you're not you're going to receive what you want and that's not what you need you see a lot of times a lot of times people don't like bluntness but the holy spirit has to be blunt sometimes holy spirit has to be blunt you know, there's an old saying that says it's going to be blunt as a spoon. Well, I know that doesn't sound too nice, but I have been hit with a spoon before. <laughs> when I was a little bitty, i have a, a spoon come down on my hand when I was trying to do something I wasn't supposed to do, and i have a little spoon come down on my hand, and it was blunt as a spoon. Let me tell you something. It didn't feel too good, but you know what? It was necessary, and I learned my lesson. It was blunt as a spoon. It got down on me, and I learned my lesson. It was necessary. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has to do that. And you know why? Because we're not listening. And the Holy Spirit has to say, hey, you better be listening. We need that sometimes. Jesus knew this, and he understood it, and he used it. He used it through parables. Now, people a lot of times will talk about, well, Jesus was all about love. Well, folks, Jesus is not Mary Poppins. And Jesus was not all about love. And I got news for you, Mary Poppins wasn't either. Mary Poppins could be pretty bitter at times. The truth be told though, Jesus Christ would talk about love and compassion, and he talked about all this. He would use a lot of sweetness, but you know what? He would also use a little a little bit of the bluntness, too. People don't like to think about that, though. When people don't want to hear the bluntness of Jesus Christ, they won't hear it. But whenever they're wanting to hear the truth of God, they'll hear it just fine. Well, let's go through just a couple of his parables. I'm not going to read them to you. I'm going to mention them to you. When he talked about the lamp under a bowl, eating it up he talked about that Matthew Mark and Luke and I'll tell you something he was speaking to a lot of people sometimes he would speak to the people who were wanting to follow him and they would hear it just fine but then there was people who wouldn't want to hear it and we're talking about people like the Pharisees the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they couldn't hear the truth they couldn't hear the truth if it smacked them in the head like the spoon would you know the truth be told they didn't want to hear it no matter how blunt he was sometimes he would tell them straight for instance (laughs) only in the book of Luke he talks about the prodigal son you know a lot of times when I was a young man I thought the prodigal son was simply about those who were lost that's really not he's talking about the Pharisees now he is talking about those who didn't know the Lord but he's talking about how the Pharisees were back listening to the word of God and how they couldn't even hear the word of God though they were back home hearing about the Lord they wouldn't receive the Lord that's talking about the son who is still home this was coming from the book of Luke. Let me just tell you, if you want to know. The book of uh, Luke, chapter 15, verse 11 to 32. That's where you hear about the prodigal son. Whenever he spoke about this to the Pharisees, he told them that they needed the Lord of God. He he hid it to them like a, like a blunt spoon, but there's sweetness in it too. Because when Jesus spoke in these parables, he didn't just tell them that you're a horrible human being and hit it with a blunt spoon. He put sweetness on it too. He said that you could come to the house of God. He did that to the people who were lost all the time. He would hit them with a blunt spoon saying, you're lost, but here's some sweetness. You don't have to stay lost. He did it to the woman at the well. I say this all the time. He did it to the woman who was going to be stoned. He said, go from here and sin no more. He didn't just say, be sweet to her. He put a little bit of blunt truth to her, said sin no more. And the woman at the well, He told her that the man she was with wasn't her husband. I I use this a lot because a lot of people only put the sweetness on there. Oh, he told her they loved her. Yes, he did. But he also was blunt as a spoon. And then she went out and spread the word. Why do we say this? Because it's true. God loves to put bluntness because he has to be honest. True love, sweet love is honest. Honest but loving. Honest but loving. And that is Jesus. He spread so many parables with honest, sweet but blunt truth. That was Jesus. He talked about the lost sheep in the book of Luke and in the book of Matthew. He spoke about the wedding banquet, and that was in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. He talked about the ten virgins in the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 25. He talked about all the talents, and that's talk about the money, the talents, and he spoke about that in the book of Matthew 25 and also in the book of Luke, chapter 19. He spoke about the sheeps and the goats, and that was chapter 25, and he was speaking against the Pharisees in that, as he was talking about the lost and the saved. Now, why was he doing that? Because he didn't want people to go to hell. If you love someone, you're gonna be sweet and blunt. How many people do I know, do I see even on television? Different ministers who try to make it sound like all people are saved. Folks, don't be that way. Don't tell them they're all saved when they're not. That's not sweet. That's extra sugar where there doesn't need to be sugar because you're sending them to hell with a sweet taste of lies in their mouth. We can't be that way. It's a lie. It's a lie. We need to use a hard, unbendable spoon of the Holy Spirit. Now, this can be difficult in life. And the lost isn't going to understand it a lot of times. But the Holy Spirit can get through. The Holy Spirit can get through. It can get through to the lost. We can't, but the Holy Spirit can. This is why we need to reach out to the Holy Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit speak through us. Because you're not going to be able to do it on your own. The fact is, you can't. Too many Christians try to say, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say... It doesn't need to be you speaking... It needs to be the Holy Spirit speaking. So pray before you speak. Pray before you have an attendance. You have the best intentions. I know you do. I know I often have. But this is too often people have been blunt as a spoon, but they don't use any sugar of the Holy Spirit. They just want to use a spoon. They need to let the Holy Spirit do the talking. Listen what it says in James 3, 16 through 17. James 3, 16 through 17. For where there is envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. This is why so often the world tries to look and see where your faults are at. We already know that we have faults. Every single one of us, we have faults. We know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. But we also know that if we are honest about our shortcomings and we are honest about it and yet loving anyway, you can reach a lot more people than if you come off looking high and mighty. You know that. You already know Luke 6.31. You know that. I mention it a lot. To do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. You know that. I say that a lot. Now, I don't know about you, but I honestly, I would want honestly for people to touch me and reach me in a sweet, loving, honest way. But notice I say in a sweet, loving, honest way. I don't know about you, but whenever I was lost, and even without being lost, even with being saved, I don't want people to come down on me and say, you need to stop this, and you need to stop that. No, I'd want people to say, Philip, I love you. Here's one thing I worry about with you. And if you do it kindly, and softly, you're more likely to help someone than to not. But if you do it with, with a brunt object like that spoon, in a cruel way, you're not going to reach them. It's not going to happen. Remember what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We are to be pure in heart. Be kind and sweet and loving and loving. The world always seems to taste the sour. So there's the sweet and there's the sour as we were talking a while ago. The world seems to taste the sour and they don't want to change. They don't want to change. They just don't want to change. They just don't want to. Oftentimes what they see is sweet just isn't. Now my grandfather, my grandfather was a, a diabetic. And so he could not have sugar, he just couldn't. So a lot of times he would try to use things uh, to substitute sugar, they didn't have much back then. They would eventually would come out with sweet and low and all that stuff, but it still was just okay. Uh, <clears throat> they had this stuff back in the 70s and in the 80s, uh, different kinds of substitutes. One of was called Superos, and it was really bad. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, my grandma, would, you know, she always cared about me, and they thought I could be a diabetic back then, I took after my grandpa in so many ways. I wasn't, but uh, I appreciated her loving me and trying so hard, you know, that was so sweet of her. She'd put super and that other kind of stuff, you know, uh, that kind of thing uh, on my uh, goodies. But where she put it on my cereal and uh, other things, I got to tell you, it was terrible. It was, uh, they put that on my grapefruits and other things I'd eat, oh, that stuff was not sugar. It didn't taste like sugar. It was this little liquid stuff. They'd spray it on. Mm, I don't care how much you put on there, it isn't going to taste like sugar. This false sugar was bitter. It was a bitter taste. Did anyone ever have anything like that one of those times? Uh, they had different, Pillsbury had their own style. It was like, all like sweet something or other. It was terrible. Sweet tin or something. Terrible stuff. It was so bitter. I remember my grandma, but here, we're going to put that on. Mm. I, I ate it because I love my grandma and I would eat just anything she'd give me. But I'm going to tell you something, it was bad. It was, you, you could try to put sugar on something that isn't sugar and it doesn't taste like sugar. Now, I don't mind some of the stuff they have now but that tastes a little more like sugar, whatever it's called that we, we put in my coffee, but that tastes pretty good. But some of this other stuff that they had, oh, Aunt me, it was bad. But a lot of the, the world tries to use these sugar substitutes. It's not the sugar of the Lord. It's the substitute sugar of the world. They try to put sweetener of Satan in there, and they think it tastes sweet. It's rotten. It's bitter it tastes sweet to them but it's sin and it is not good for them and all it ends up doing is getting a rotten teeth of the world and that might sound like a weird illustration but it's the truth it may taste sweet for a moment but in the end it ends up rottening out everything within them and they think it's so good they, th- they get used to it but here's the truth it is not good for them and it's rotten to the core it's a horrible thing for them you know recently Very recently I was speaking to a backslidden Christian and they was giving me every excuse in the world, every excuse in the world, how every church is bad, every Christian is bad, every Christian is holier than thou, and every Christian is horrible and awful, and they don't really love God, and they don't really love anybody else but themselves and all this stuff. And you have to understand, this person I still love them, but the fact of the matter is is they was trying to find everything to make an excuse for themselves for living in sin. And I understood that. And I still love them. I'll tell you who I don't love, who I hate with all my heart and soul. It's not them. It's Satan who blinds them and gives them that bitter, sweet, false, sugary taste that they wanted through sin. And they were trying to blame me, not necessarily me, but people like me, Christians, who are trying to eat on the sugar of the word, who are trying to give them the word and the truth of the word, and they didn't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that because when they taste the sweetness of God's word, what do they taste? They taste rotten, sour truth, and they don't want that. They, ooh, spit it out of their mouth. They don't want it because they'd rather eat upon the sourness, bitterness of the world because they enjoy it. Now, right now, you may be thinking, but we need to show them love. Yes, you're right. But love doesn't mean that we go along with them and lie to make them feel good. That's not love. I was saying while well, ago in Sunday school, I was saying if you see someone eating poison, you don't say, "Oh, go ahead, enjoy it, enjoy it. It's good for you. It's good for you." No, that's not good. Don't let them eat upon something you know is going to kill them. The person kept saying to me, "Why won't they agree? Why don't they agree with me?" Well, the fact is, we're not going to agree with unbiblical lifestyles. We're just not going to do that. The Bible. Tells us things are wrong, and so they're wrong. Jesus says these things are wrong, so they're wrong. I don't care what the people in politics say. Don't care what the people on TV say. God is the one we're going to answer to in the end. He's the one who gives us the sweetness, not the world. They're going to lie through their teeth, what teeth they have left. Proverbs 13, 19 says the desire, I'm going to say it again, Proverbs 13, 19. I want to apologize i know sometimes i speak too quick i don't mean to i mean i had a whole week to put this together y'all have a split second to to look it up i apologize about that but i'll say it again proverbs chapter 13 verse 19 and we got quite a few proverbs here in psalms and other things but they're all very good i like them says the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. There we go. I'll say it again. The desire to accomplish, uh, the desire accomplished, is sweet to the soul, and we know that it is. It is sweet to the soul. It's good for us. But it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. So even though it's sweet to the soul and it's good for us, and we know that it is, God gives us everything that's sweet and good for us. He doesn't give us anything that's bad for us. But it sure does feel bad when you don't want to quit. You know, it's good to go on a diet. It's good to do anything to lose weight and get healthy again. But boy, it sure don't feel good when you're stopping. You say, I don't want to quit eating Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I don't want to quit eating Snicker Bars. I don't want to. Oh, hey, by the way, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm talking about myself. I don't want to get off of all the pop. I don't want to stop. These th- I don't know why I can't lose weight. You know why you can't fill up? Because you're too busy with your Snicker bars, your Frosted Flakes, and all these other things. These are the reasons why you have to get away from those things. Too many people are too busy with the Frosted Flakes and the Snicker bars and all these other things of the world. I don't know if I like those illustrations. But the fact of the matter is, is we have to get away from those things and get to what God wants us to have for our soul. we need to use the sweet and i'm talking back to the world we need to use the sweet yet honest hard unbendable blunt holy spirit spoon to feed the word of god to people in our lives there's going to be times they don't want it but if you do it just right they're going to receive it i've watched many children in my life many babies two of them are right here they're not babies anymore but i love them and uh i remember feeding those babies and sometimes they would try to eat my hand off but i would try to feed them i'm talking about you freddie you wally you try to eat my hand off you get you you go uh-huh and you, i mean i was like oh i'm gonna need that later but they'd have those little bitty spoons and i try to feed them and sometimes it'd be cereal sometimes it'd be baby food and they try to eat the whole spoon and they try to eat the whole hand too the fact of the matter is, is we feed the people we love They didn't always like it. I had shirts they read because they didn't always like what we fed them. And that's okay. The truth be told, when we feed people things of the word of God, they're not always going to like it. They're going to spit it out sometimes. But when you love them, you try to feed it anyway. That's what you try to do. You try to feed them the truth. We need to try to feed the sweet yet honest, hard, unbendable, blunt, Holy Spirit spoon to feed the word of God. They're not always going to like it, but it's the truth. If you're honest, you've got to feed the truth. There's too many people that don't want to do that. They try to change it, but we'll get to that in a minute. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 18. I told you there'd be more Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. For it says this, A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips he will be filled death and life are in the power of his tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit but psalm 19 verse 103 i think is the best psalm 119 which is the longest psalm by the way the longest song psalm 119 103 it says How sweet are your words to the taste of my mouth, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I'll say it again. How sweet are your words to the taste of my mouth? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. And maybe I should have said this first. I don't know. But Proverbs 16, 24. Proverbs 16:24. by the way, one of the things in the Bible that it says a lot, you'll see it in this one, Proverbs 16, 24. But when it talks about sweetness, oftentimes it's talking about honey because honey was very sweet. I'm not a big honey fan, although I do like certain honey cereals, <laughs> honeycombs and others. But I like honey uh, when it's cooked. Raw, not necessarily, but I do like honey. And it says in Proverbs 16, 24, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Sweetness is good, not too much sweetness. Pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Now why do we say this? Because we don't want to be bitter to people. We want to hurt them. We want to lift them up. But we still need to be honest with our sweetness, honest. And the last one in this position, or I know there's two more, but the first one is Ephesians 4.29. And listen to what Paul says to the people of Ephesus in Ephesians 4.29. And this is a very important one. It says, Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners. You know, I often use this for cursing, when people think it's okay to curse. I actually heard something that really offended me. Now, first of all, I, I've had to watch this at times. I've said things I shouldn't have said, and, and, and God's had to help me on that one. But I actually heard a, a person who was supposedly ministering a couple of days ago, and they were just speaking like they was in a bar or something, saying words that were, and I thought, Oh, you can't be used with God and be both fresh water and sour water at the same time, you know? You can't be doing that. Unwholesome words proceed out of your mouth. No, 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 no. can't be doing that. It should be good for building up. Let me give grace to the listeners. People sometimes say, oh, God still loves you. That's not the point. He still loved David when David was doing sinfulness. can't be doing that. You have to be wholesome. I'm going to read to you something real quick. 2 Thessalonians. This came to me this morning, actually. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Now I could read to you all sorts of things. here. I won't. I'll simply read to you 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 6 and verses 15. I could read you this whole thing, but I won't. I won't do that. Know this, that it says in chapter uh, 3 verse 5, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God, and to the steadfastness of Christ. and I love what verse 6 says. It says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother who walks in an idleness, walks in idleness, and not according to the tradition that he received from us. In other words, follow God. Don't follow the ways of the world. Follow God. And then I love the last verse in this part, verse 15. Though we're to love God and follow God, it's talking about not being like those who are idle and not following the Lord. It says in verse 15, still do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him. In other words, warn him as a brother. So we are to see these people as our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're to warn them. We're to warn them that what they're doing is going to mislead them, misguide them. That's not what they want to see. They want to see that everything they're doing is right. This is why so often they want to go to the sugary. They want to go to the sugary things. The sugary things. But we're not to be condemning. I'll go to a new part here. If all we have is a sour, hard-headed, wrong spoon, no-loving, all-bitter, sour, condemning spoon, we got the wrong spoon. If we have no love, no sweetness at all, and we beat them with a bitterly hard spoon, you're not going to bring anyone to Christ that way. And I've seen people this way, which call legalism, but they may think there's no way I'm going to get to heaven because I'm not good enough, and you're right. If you go through that, you're not, because it's Christ that brings through, through his love to the Lord. You don't want to be that way. This is what it says in Proverbs 12, 17. And, and stay there because I've got two things to read from there. Proverbs chapter 12, 17 says, He who speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. So we need not to show sourness, but speak truth through sweetness. Show that sugary sweetness. Be like the frosted flake in that way. Show the truth, show it in the way we ought to with a little bit of sugar on top, just a little bit of sweetness on top, like Jesus did. He told the truth, but he put sweetness on which they could understand. That's why he spoke in parables. He wanted to tell them the truth, but he wanted to do it with a little bit of sugary sweetness so that they could see the truth. He wanted to make sure they could understand because if he spoke all in holiness and in a way they couldn't understand, it would have gone over their heads. So we need to make sure we have a little bit of sugary sweetness on top so that they can understand. But if you're just blunt as a spoon all the time, they're not going to get it. It's going to make them turn away and run. And that's not how we need to do it. We need to talk to people with love and compassion. We'll get to more of this in a moment. But listen to what it says in Proverbs 12:22. Proverbs 12:22, same chapter. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truly are his delight. So deal truly with them, for that's his delight. Deal truly with them. Don't be lying lips and don't be too blunt. Don't be so blunt you make them run away. Listen to this, Proverbs 15, 4. Proverbs 15, 4. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue, because that's what we need to be, not too sour. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness in it crushes the spirit. We don't want to crush a person's spirit. A little bit of sweetness on top, but don't take away the health. Don't take away the healthiness of it. And last but not least, if you're all sweet, all sweetness, all sugary with no healthiness at all, that's going to be full of sugar and excuses and and, uh, going to bring nothing but sinful cavities, as we said before. But if you have no conviction of the Holy Spirit, you also have the wrong spoon have the wrong spoon. You know, there's a lot of ministers right now who are on television who speak to people with nothing but sugary sweetness, and they talk about it's okay to sin because God still loves you. It's okay to keep on living how you want to live. Don't worry about that, those preachers out there who just want to make you feel bad all the time. Just keep living how you want to live because Jesus loves you. If you do that all the time and you make a person feel like, oh, it's okay, go out there, live with who you want to live with. Do what you want to do don't worry about sleeping with people who aren't your husband don't worry about sleeping with people who aren't your wife don't worry about the sexual life you want to have because god understands what makes you feel good and here's the problem with that you do that and you're telling them to ignore the bible you're telling them to ignore the truth you're telling them not to worry about the hardness of the truth and that is wrong too and you will answer for what you've done you sent those people to hell on a platter and that is not good either yes i know i know the truth sometimes hurts but guess what that's why you're not going to slap them with the truth of the Holy Spirit you're going to let the Holy Spirit feed to them the Holy Spirit puts sweetness of truth and they're going to feel it through the Spirit not through you that's why you're to let them feed them through the Holy Spirit spoon with a little bit of sweetness on top that's what the Holy Spirit does the Holy Spirit can do what you cannot do pastor how do I do it you don't you pray you read You go to the Lord and say, Lord God, don't let me speak. Let the Holy Spirit speak through me. Because I can't do it. I don't have the ability. Then what do I do, Pastor? When you go to people, you treat them with sweetness, kindness, and love of the Lord. And guess what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit's going to speak. And you're going to say, I didn't even know that was going to happen. That's right, because you don't have the power, but the Holy Spirit does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing. God can do through you when you let him but if you try to take over and you smack around with that spoon nothing's going to happen but they're going to run away but if you try to smack around with nothing but little packets of sugar (laughs) that's not going to happen either you're just going to make them say oh look at those stupid Christians and all that little sugar (laughs) it doesn't work let the Holy Spirit do it the Holy Spirit's got just enough hardness bluntness and just enough sugar and everything nice because that's what's got to happen. Listen what it says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17. This is why we're not to be so sugary sweet it gives you cavities. It says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth will be filled with gravel. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be eating gravel. Ooh. I don't. Next time you see that sugary sweet man on television, turn away. You don't want to see sugary sweet eating its gravel? No. Listen to the Holy Spirit. That's who you need to be listening to. Proverbs 14, verse 15. Proverbs 14, verse 15. Oh. This is how you know you're not listening to the Holy Spirit oftentimes, but we listen with a simple mind, believing every single word, eating up every single morsel when we should not be. The simple believes every word, but the prudent man considers his steps. We need to walk slowly following the word of God. Amen? Amen. Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6 tells us, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you should answer everyone. Why you put salt in there? Because believe it or not, even even cereal has salt. And we need a little salt in our life too. You don't need to have nothing but sugar. You need other things to keep you on the ground. You need other things, too. Let your, speech, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you should answer everyone. Amen. Amen. It is the Holy Spirit that is our best balance and weight in life. It is the Holy Spirit. And as I close here today, I'm going to read to you First John. 18. Now this is not a sermon to tell you to be mean to people to be blunt as a spoon and smack them across the mouth with it, no this is not a sermon saying we need to be so sweet so smack and sugary sweet that we all get cavities through our speech, our sugary speech no this is to say that we need to be quiet that we need to be quiet Though we ourselves need not to speak as much. And coming from me, that's something I know about. There's times I've had to be very quiet and pray. To let God do the speaking. And me do the listening. To let God speak through me. Because if I speak on my own, nothing but bluntness can come out. Or depending on who I'm talking to, nothing but sweetness. And too much of either is not a good thing. But if it's the Holy Spirit who does it, all will work out fine. Because the Holy Spirit is perfect. But I, on the other hand, am not. nor are you? Listen to what it says in 1 John 3, 18. My little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and truth. And if we let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, by our every action, by our every action, we will be known. And people will know that the Lord lives within you because they will see that you are blunt, that you are firm in your grounding, and they will see the sweetness in you too. Let us live that way. Let's bow in prayer. Dear, precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day. I pray if there be anyone who needs to come forward, that this day they will do so. I pray, Lord God, if we are too blunt at times we allow our tongues to be so firm that we sometimes hurt others, I pray to show us. I pray that you will quiet us down, that you will do the speaking through us, that we will not hurt anyone, nor ourselves, nor you, through our bluntness. I pray, Lord God, if we are too afraid to speak when we should, that you'll help us with that. I pray, Lord God, if we are too sweet with our words, too flowery sweet, that you, Lord God, will help us with that. I pray that it be you who speak through us, that you, Holy Spirit, will give us the words that we need, that we will listen to you through prayer, through the reading of the word, that you, Lord God, will help us through the meditation of your word, that you, Lord God, if we cannot understand it, will show us and give us understanding. I pray you'll help us through our study of the word, I pray that you will give us complete understanding. And I pray, Lord God, that your word will live through us and that others will see you each and every day as we walk, as we talk, and as we live. I pray all of this in Jesus' most holy and precious name. Amen and amen.